Welcome to the new podcast for WGTS 91.9's Gateway Fellowship, a place that is about inspiring hope. You can find out more about us and hear more messages at mygatewayfellowship.com. This is where life really happens at. Now notice our little friend there. He is just right there ready to just fall off that cliff. Have you ever been like that in your life? That you have just been to the end and you just don't know if up is down and down is up and all that stuff. And the good news is you haven't fell over the cliff yet if you're still here. And so we just want to build on that and just let you know that God has a purpose and he has a plan for your life. I had the unique opportunity last week to share with you uh, the good news. Anyone remember the title last week? That's right. Giving God your best. And I shared with you why it was so important. We went over the story of Cain and Abel, just to give you a quick catch up. We went over the story of Cain and Abel. And as you know, Cain killed his brother Abel. And it all started off because they were giving God something. And we, we, we stressed that both of them were giving God something. It wasn't like one didn't give and the other gave. Both of them gave God something. But what made the difference is that we determined last week was the attitude of the giving. It was the attitude of the giving. And that's what started the whole thing. And why was giving so important to God? It was because of this. Is that God knew in the future that he was going to give his best to us. So he wanted to start off Cain and Abel something that we would all do throughout generations, remembering to give God our best. And Cain didn't do that. He gave God, some say, a little bit of the leftovers. It wasn't the first. It wasn't the best. And so that started a whole reaction with him. And so once again, we just want to stress to you that one of the reasons God wants us to give the best because he wants to give the best to us in which he's already given one of the best things that we could ever ask for, and that it's his son, Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer, and we'll get started here. Dear Lord, we realize that nothing is by accident. We are here in this gymnasium for a reason, for a purpose. There is someone here today, Lord, that they have come out, and they didn't even plan on being here tonight. But Lord, you know they needed to hear this message. They needed to hear the music today, dear Lord. They needed to hear the special music. Because you are just doing everything you can possibly do to get closer to them. So Lord, we just ask now that this message today will be one step closer. In your name we pray. Amen. I've invited a friend. I received one of the highlights of being a minister is that when you preach a message And then someone calls you up or connects with you, and that very message has come to life to them. And that is just one of the highlights of my ministry. And I got a phone call from one of our good brothers here. And what he shared with me was such a blessing. And I've invited him to come and to share a little bit of how the Lord was able to put that message. much as we can feel like we're family it's like you never call me and you know although the flowers I got my wife wondered who they were from so I assumed one of you uh the following is another unrehearsed moment at Gateway Fellowship where Terry taught us last week 
he, he shared with us the idea that God loves us, wants us, we're here for a reason, and everyone goes, oh, I always tithe when I go to church. Well, tithing is, you know, you, you know how much you make, and you know what the, the tithing percentage that you want. That's easy stuff. Hard stuff is kind of the commitment that if you were here last week, we kind of made that time is, is, a, is, is something that you give. I mean, when you have somebody that you know that's not feeling well or they're not just right, I just, I just need to be with them for a little while because time is real important. And talents, what we're able to do you know, again, whether you, whether you drive a bus or you clean the streets, if you do it well, it, it's sharing that talent. It's making things better. I digress. We walked out of here. Remember, church started. So I, I, I left here and I went up the street. I have a store up the street. Um, and it was going to rain uh, or it was raining. Yeah, it was raining when I first walked out. It's like, all right, I'm going. So I went up the street and I had to put a bucket over some of the um, places. And as I walked to the store, to the back of my shop, Rico next door, uh, you don't know Rico, but um, he's the barber that uh, sings, writes, and produces rap music. He's really good. He's a real neat guy. And he says, oh, Eric, man, you are here right at the right time. Well, I know, because Rico, I need your help over here. I got to lift this whole thing and bring it over there. No, you don't understand, Eric. I got a gig tonight downtown. A friend of mine called, and, and she's singing tonight, and she wants me to sing with her. But, I mean, you know, Phil was going to come, and you know Phil. So Phil didn't show up, and I show up, and I went, well, yeah, I'll give you a ride downtown. Oh man, that's terrific, you know. And he goes on to explain how he'd have to take a cab and it's raining out and he just, he just was gonna blow the whole thing off and then I was there at the right time. So we got in the car, we, we headed downtown and the finale was he gets out of the car and I see the woman he's gonna sing with and big hugs and kisses and all that kind of stuff. At which point Rico takes money and throws it in my car. I went, Rico, come on, we're friends. There's no need to do that. And he says, well, I would have taken a cab, and then I wouldn't have done this thing anyway, and, and I drove away. And when I looked down and picked up the money, the amount of money that Rico gave me was the amount of money I was able to put in the collection plate. It was the same thing. I gave what I could to him. The Lord gave it all back to me. So think of that tonight when, it's, um, when we talk about a love offering and the fact that you guys are here and we're warm and we're dry and someone's got to pay the bills. And thanks for listening. And thank you for... Uh, and I don't want your phone numbers. I wrote <laughs> and what we just wanted to stress with Eric there was so important is that you just can't be God's giving. And as we shared last week, it's not just about money. That's, that's, the, you know, that's something that we can give, but it's, it's more difficult when we give God our time, uh, and our time in, includes coming to a service like this. 
It would be so easy to stay at home, and especially on a weather like this. I know some of you have driven across and distance, but this is something that you're giving to God. This is a sacrifice, and the Lord will honestly, I believe in my heart, that he will bless you for these sacrifices. Eric, just thank you so much for sharing that with us. Now, um, I want to read a story from you um, in the Bible. It's one of my favorite stories. It's found in the book of 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 4. That's 2 Kings chapter 4, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 7. Once again, 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And the scripture says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out, Elisha, your servant my husband is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his uh, creditors is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elijah replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me what to do. Well, excuse me. Tell me what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Verse 3. Elijah said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars Don't ask for just a few. Amen. Verse 4. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. So she left him afterwards, shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. Verse 7. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil, pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Wow. Giving God your best. Friends, I believe that there has been a lie that has been told, and it's not true. And the lie that I believe is that many people has told us a lie that God is just so angry with us, and he's just so mad with us all the time, and he wants to... But friends, I want you to know that we serve a God that loves you. A God that enjoys blessing you. Now, I'm not talking about prosperity, gospel, and he wants you to have a Rolls Royce and a Ferrari. I'm not talking about that. But what I am talking about is that God wants your needs met. And God wants you to look good. Because, you know, how can we attract other people if we're going around all the time, poor me, you know what, this and that, And I believe that the reason sometimes that happens is that we do not allow God to allow his blessings, excuse me, to come upon us. There's a story I just like to have to start off telling. It's an old Louisiana story. We're talking about Louisiana. I have to say this. And um, there's a little story. It's not a real story. But uh, they they say that that, that truth and lie were walking along one day. And they're just walking along together, and they came to a river. 
And lie looked at truth and said, you know what? I bet you I could beat you on that other side. And truth says, well, I'm a pretty good swimmer, lie. And lie says, well, uh, I bet you anything I can beat you. And so he says, well, all right, let's do this. And so they just simply, um, you know, took off their clothes like they do down south. And um, um, they said, on the count of three, we're going to jump in that water and we're going to swim to the other side. And so there's, there's truth in line. One, two, three. Truth is just swimming his heart out. I mean, he's swimming with all his might. Truth gets to the other side and says, I won, I won. And he looked back, and there was Lie. Lie had never left the bank. But what Lie did was he took Truth's clothes and he put them on. And Truth said, That's me. And Truth jumped back in the water, swam all the way back. And by that time, Lie had already taken off dressed in Truth's clothes. And so everywhere that lie would go, people would believe it for a little bit, but then the naked truth would come. And so, some of you got that there. <laughs> and the naked truth would say, that was not me. That was a lie. <laughs> now, I only say that because, because sometimes I believe that's what's happened to the character of God, is that lie has got there and has made God like this angry person. He's ready to zap you. He's ready to... But friends, I'm here to tell you that that is not the truth. That is a lie. I remember years ago, and I think, Danny, you took my disciple Bible study class. You remember that? And this disciple Bible study class, we start from the book of Genesis. We study the Bible, a group of young people, and we go from Genesis all the way to Revelation, the very end. And uh, we don't cover every verse, but by the time they're done in those nine months, they have gone through the entire Bible. What always amazes me every single time is that when they get to the Old Testament, at first they start off saying that, man, God seems like he's so mean. But then, after they really have studied this and read it, the kids get to the point where they're saying, man, God, Israel keeps messing up. I think God is just too nice. Israel messes up, and and then they say they'll never do it again, and then God says, I love you, come back. They come back, and the next two verses are messing up again. And God is once again saying, come back, come back. Friends, the truth is this, is that God is long-suffering. God is very long-suffering. That God, let me just make this clear to you, God loves you just the way that you are. And some of you may say, but you don't understand, uh, Chaplain, I have sinned, I've messed. God loves you just the way that you are. Now, there are some things that he knows that may hurt you, that he wants you to stop doing, but that does not have any effect About God loving you. And one of the lies. That has gone before. God that the devil has used. Is that God doesn't love you. You messed up. You know what? Well. You deserve it because God doesn't love you. Friends that's a lie. That's nothing but a lie. Because God does love you. 
He loves you just the way that you are. And what I have discovered in my own life is that when I have embraced God's love and truly embraced it, that certain things have happened. And this is one of the things that has really happened is that certain things I don't want to do anymore. And I truly believe that is what God is doing. That he's allowing us to understand that Terry, you know what? That thing that you're struggling with, I'm convicting you to stop it. Because I know what it's going to do in the long run. When I was in high school, I used to smoke a a pack of cigarettes a day. They're called cloves. Some of you may have heard those. And you could have given me all the sermons in the world how bad these things were. In fact, they went on to outlaw them because they didn't have filters. And so you're smoking the pure raw tobacco and kids were just doing that by crazy. I got addicted to these things. And I remember people telling me how bad they were, how bad they were. You could give me a magazine that showed me these pictures of your lung and all that stuff. It didn't make a difference. But I remember this, is that when I got close to God, out of the blue one day, God just kind of convicted me, Terry, you don't want to do that anymore. That, that's, you, you, your job is to be on this earth as long as you can to share the good news. And if you do that, Terry, if you do the smoking, don't confuse that with me loving you. Please don't. But if you do that every day, you're shorting your life. You're shorting the, the amount of time that you're going to be able to share the good news. That you could live for 80 years or you can keep doing that and die at 40. And when I thought about how good God was to me and that I wanted to be able to share with people the good news, how he had blessed me. I said, it's worth me putting these things aside because I want to be around here as long as I can. And you see, It wasn't about you trying to convict me and make me feel guilty about it. It was God saying that, Terry, I want the best for your life. I don't want anything to hinder you. And so, friends, that's what we're here for tonight. I'm just going to cover just two quick more points here. One of the things that we're not receiving the blessings of God is that we tend to focus on our problems. That God wants to bless you. He wants you not to be in the same situation that you're in. But we get to the point where we start focusing so much on our problems that we can't be prepared to receive the blessing. And it's so amazing that we know this now, but if I were to go to Preethi here and I were to constantly tell her, you're no good, Preethi. You're no good, Preethi. You're no good, Preethi. And there's been tests where they have done this. And if Preethi chooses to start to believe that, and no matter, then if you come and say something good to her, she's going to block that out and only focus on the negative. And that's the way it is sometimes with us. 
Yes, we go through situations. We go through problems. But do you know this, that problems can make us stronger? And that, 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 that God has promised in his word that nothing will happen to us unless it goes through him first. So in other words, God believes in you. If he allows a certain problem to happen, he only has allowed that to happen because he believes in you. He knows that you can become a stronger person through that problem, through that situation. But if you only listen to yourself when that problem comes, instead of thinking, what is God trying to use in my mind? What is he trying to get me to learn from this? If you just start saying, poor me, Oh, you know what? This always happens to everyone in my family. You know what? This is just... And then instead of focusing on what God's trying to teach you, you end up focusing on the negative. And then you get to the point that you can't even change this. All you're thinking about is the negative. Friends, God wants you to focus on him, not your problem. Harriet Tubman, the the slave, the leader of the Underground Railroad, some of you have heard me share this before because it's just one of my favorite things. When you read her, her life story, they were interviewing her in a New York paper after slavery and all this stuff. And they asked her a question. They said, you know, what, what are your life? You've had so many bad things happen and this and that. What? And she said something that stands out, stood out to me. She says, sir, I love the bad things that happened to me. And I love bad days. And the reporter said, you like bad days and bad? What are you talking about? And she said this. If I didn't have a bad day, I wouldn't know what a good day was. For that slave, think about that is so deep. And she was right here in Eastern Maryland. If I didn't have a bad day, I wouldn't know what a good day was. And so, yes, you may be going through something right now, but don't focus on it. Look at the good. What is God trying to... I mean, God has trust you with that problem. He says, I believe that that Anthony can handle that problem. I know that if Anthony will embrace that problem, that that's going to cause him to depend upon me. I'm going to do a miracle for him. I'm going to bless him. And then he's going to share with other people of how I have blessed him and helped him through that. And that person that's going through that, they're going to share. I mean, it can be a fantastic thing. But it starts with our attitude, friends. Don't focus on your problem. The widow that we read about, if she just wouldn't, you know, just would have just said, poor me, you know, this just wouldn't, oh, no, my life. But instead, she went to the man of God. She asked for help. But the miracle is this, is that she did what he said to do. And as a result of her doing what he said to do, the Lord blessed her and blessed her. And here we are 3,000 years later still talking about that story. And God wants to do that for you. He really does. There's a story I want to close on. And you've heard this 100,000 times. But I love this story. I just love to share it every chance I get. Uh, two brothers, we talked about truth and lie, but their uh, story is there are two brothers. And one brother was extremely positive. 
No matter what you did, he always said, praise God. God has a way. This is great. And the other brother was extremely negative. Poor me. Life isn't fair. And so the father wanted to do an experiment once and to see uh, what, what would happen. You've heard the story before. And he got a, <laughs> the one brother, he got a horse for, for Christmas. And the other brother, pardon the expression, but he got the stuff that the horse does and put it in a box and wrapped it up. So on Christmas, he gave the horse to the negative person. And the negative son said, a horse? Oh, goodness. That means I'm going to have to feed this thing? Oh, I'm going to have to, oh, this is going to be horrible. Oh, my goodness. And so then the other brother, who didn't know what the other brother had received, had opened up his box, and he looked at that and said, you know what? This means there's a horse around here somewhere. I'm going to be riding a horse pretty soon. You see, it was simply (laughs) their attitudes, how they looked at the situation. So if you're facing something right now that's making you want to give up and to quit, follow the example of the widow. She gave. She believed. She trusted And God wants to do that for you. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship, a ministry of WGTS 91.9. We'd love for you to visit us sometime. Services happen each Saturday evening at 6. You can learn more about us and get more podcasts at mygatewayfellowship.com.